Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Fantastic, my friend. Excited for today's conversation. Want to welcome all y'all listening in today. Appreciate you for tuning in to today's episode. We're going to be talking about modified alternate day fasting when compared to calorie restriction in the treatment of patients with metabolic syndrome. And this is a randomized clinical trial and excited to dive into it. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for giving us a shot. If you want to learn more about Tommy and I and how fasting has transformed our lives, please head back to episode one, give it a listen and get to know a little bit more about why we do this each and every week. We are on a mission to empower folks to know that they have a choice when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to diabetes reversal, when it comes to health overall. And if you're a long-term listener, we are extremely grateful for you to continually be on this fasting lifestyle journey with us. So Tommy, I know we wanted to give a shout out to a recent five-star review that came in because it directly relates to the conversation we're going to have today. Yeah, absolutely. So Thank you, Houghton or Houghton, best podcast ever, she says. So grateful I found these guys. I fasted for three years, but these guys explain everything clearly and simply only on episode 20. Can't wait to hear all the rest. Hope they touch base on modified alternate day fasting and what they actually eat. Love all of it. Big heart. Heart back at you. Thank you for listening. Appreciate the kind words too. And we are absolutely going to get into modified alternate day fasting. We also do sprinkle in some of what we eat over the episode. So keep listening. You'll definitely get a taste for that too. I see what you did there. Yeah, I, taste I, I know. Pun. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> so we really do appreciate and are grateful for all the reviews. If you feel so inclined and you've had this podcast or you know the resources we have or the facebook groups whatever it is if we've made an impact or a difference in your life we'd love to hear about it yes and then that goes on and tells the podcast world and the podcast gods and goddesses that we are making an impact and providing value week in and week out on this podcast so shout out you're only on episode 20. you've got a lot more to go hopefully you don't get sick of our voices at some point but we try to keep it fun we try to keep it light and more importantly we want to keep it actionable mm. so each and every day much like you hear in our pre-roll, we want to give you something that you can focus on today and take something away and do something today that furthers your habit building, your lifestyle, fasting lifestyle adaptation, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So when we first start off with the um, article that we're going to go over, I just want to pre-frame it. This is a modified alternate day fast. We'll define that in just a second versus calorie restriction and the treatment of patients with metabolic syndrome. So a couple of definitions that I want to go into first and foremost. Alternate day fasting, Tommy, is a really powerful fasting schedule. There's lots of research out there on it. And the results in terms of some of the metrics we're going to be speaking about today, and I'll, we'll outline those, there's a really powerful potential for weight loss, 
for lab metrics to move mm. and some of the upstream drivers of the diabetes and obesity epidemic that we currently have in the country. So alternate day fasting, just by plain definition, meaning one day you're going to eat ad libitum, meaning as much or as anything you want, as much to satiation, or to, satiation to three meals a day to whatever ad libitum, mm. just like intake what you'd like. And then the next yeah. day you're going to fast, meaning no food intake. Mm -hmm. So if you stop eating dinner at, let's say, or close your window and last time you ingest anything is 8 p.m. on Monday night, then you would not re-ingest anything until 8 p.m. the following morning. Okay. Because you would uh, be fasting that entire day. Right. Two days later. So okay. we're talking. So 8 a.m. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we're talking 40 plus hour fasts for alternate day fasting. Now, mm. a lot of people, especially when they start fasting, start with like a 16-8 or an 186. Yeah. So there's a big gap in the feasibility of making that happen mm. and or doing that consistently. So yeah. that's where modified alternate day fasting comes into play. Yeah, so when we modify it, instead of being in that like 36 to 40 plus hour with nothing, like no calories coming in, then this is compartmentalized to get, you know, sometimes you'll see it cited as 25% of your caloric needs, but oftentimes it's simplified as a 500 calorie mini meal. And for the purpose of this study, that was typically a lunch, like a, a very early meal somewhere between like 12 p.m. And, and 2 p.m., I believe. And that's commonly cited or even recommended because it reduces insulin spikes later in the day. It kind of controls certain variables and it, it makes for like a midday break without feeling like I need to go the full day without anything because not everyone's prepared to do that or could see themselves doing that just yet. So this is, this is a really cool method. That, that's where the modified title comes in. Yeah. And it's, it's more common to do the modified based on what you just said, because that bridges that gap of being able to exactly. consistently do 40 hour fast, right? So I don't like 48 hour fast, typically 40 to 72 hour fast. A lot of the stuff, if you want to go to the show notes, you can click and grab the blueprint to fasting for fat loss. It's a free resource. It's a 20 page PDF. It gives you some fasting schedules and things in there. It gives you some similar schedules to modified alternate day fasting or to alternate day fasting in terms of how to ramp up your fasting times and whatnot. But the modified portion allows you to have just that little bit of ah, that comfort mm, in knowing yeah. that you get a small little something, right? And if you're yeah. eating at home, a small little something can be a considerable amount of food with five or 600 calories sure. limit. So typically for yeah. women, it's 500, like you mentioned. For men, it can be upwards of six or 700, depending on your, if you're tracking and looking at calories and all those types of things. Yeah. And it does require that level of specificity. So we use ADF or a modified ADF inside of our VIP coaching group when we are doing like a drill down week, like we really mm -hmm. want to hone in, look at making sure we're consuming good quality foods, making nutritional swaps, focusing on a nutrition window versus just an eating or feasting window, which can lead yeah. some people in the way we speak to ourselves to allow us to just kind of go off the rails. So sure, yeah. the big picture here is it has a lot of potential for for results, but it also has a lot of potential pitfalls, specifically if you're just looking about talking about ADF. Now, in terms of fat burning, we did an episode back in the day where we compared OMAD to ADF to 16-8, and there was a couple others that we talked about briefly as well. Yeah, 5-2. the 5-2 diet, mm. right, which is where you have five days of normal eating and then only two days of fasting. 
which we have not found that that really drives the needle if you've got considerable weight to lose or metabolic issues yeah. to to reverse. Yeah, not my favorite. Yeah, so this study is interesting because it's comparing the standard operating procedure, which is caloric restriction, which is figure out if you can go grab a count, one of those calculators. We just did a recent episode on those BMR equations TV, and yeah. accuracy and my fitness pal apps and all that stuff, all that dieting culture stuff, which works short term for lots of folks, but it's hard to stick to for the majority of people, mm. which is why we love fasting because it creates that freedom where you don't have to do that. Now, periodically you might have to hit a plateau, kind of off track, need to see what it is you're consuming, et cetera, yeah. when it comes to food. Fasting's the easy part, right? As we like to say. <laughs> Simple, at least, and not right. always easy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Simple, not easy, right? It's my own phrase and I, I backed into it there. <laughs> so when we're looking at calorie restriction versus modified day fasting, I love the comparison here because yes, fasting does put you into a calorie deficit, but it's interesting to see the changes when we look at a lot of the time-restricted eating or time-restricted feeding studies versus calorie restriction. This was an eight-week study, so short duration, and it was a small number of participants. Now it is a randomized clinical trial, so it is a pretty solid study in that regards, but there were two groups. So calorie restriction and modified ADF, right? So the diets are prescribed by dietitians and specialized for each participant, blood pressure, anthropometric parameters, fasting plasma glucose, fasting insulin, HOMA IR and lipid profile were measured at baseline and after the trial conclusion. Mm -hmm. So the results showed that compared with calorie restriction following the modified ADF diet, fasting diet significantly, I'd like to call it a fasting schedule, significantly reduced body weight. <laughs> now these are statistical significance, right? Body weight, because mm -hmm. we're gonna come back to that statistical significant part here and extrapolate it to real life, right? Reduced body weight, waist circumference, stolic blood pressure, and fasting plasma glucose, right? Mm -hmm. However, there's no major statistical significant difference between the two groups in triglycerides, total cholesterol, LDL, HDL, diastolic blood pressure, HOMA IR, which is the gold standard for insulin resistance, and fasting insulin concentrations. The cool part about the study, they did not report any compliant issues or difficulty adhering to the diets, which a lot of the times you'll find a big fall off point in a lot of mm -hmm. these studies. So I found that interesting. And the calorie restriction group decreased their energy intake by 15 to 40% of daily needs. So there's a big variability there based on the application of the individual. So hmm. it depends on how much weight you have to lose. Are you in the overweight, obese, morbidly obese, right? If we're just talking big picture here, yeah. what type of restriction to look at, as well as the modified versus alternate day or modified alternate day versus alternate day fasting, where that 25% or 500 or 600 calorie mini meal, as, you, as we call it, would be ingested. So we're not going to those longer fasts. So I like the setup of the study. I like the fact that it was 18 year olds, anywhere from 25 to 60. So a, a good population variability. Mm -hmm. And the exclusions were anyone that had already been losing or gaining weight within the three months prior, any history of liver or cardiovascular issues, et cetera. So to wrap up kind of the overview, the big picture here is we want to look at what metabolic syndrome is and why it's important to prevent it and or if you have it, reverse it. Hmm. 
and like even just coming into the study and then using caloric restriction just to take us a step back just for a second here caloric restriction versus the actual time restriction of the setup i feel like it's important to note that the caloric restriction was just taking 75 percent of their caloric needs and then just doing that each day so just a 25 percent reduction right which i think you know most people can identify with using a method like that at some point or another but they didn't have any time restrictions on that versus the hey here's you know the 500 calorie mini meal approximately 25 percent of your caloric needs and then on the other days it's basically this is what 100 percent looks like so have 100 percent the other day so you're only restricting on the time and then with the mini meals and then it's just it's good to see you can almost compartmentalize it like hey just this is the low and slow method the do the same thing every day here's your you know prescribed reduction and then on the other side of that it's going to be a little bit more variable but very very intentional with the time of things and and that means we get to actually control the glucose spikes control the insulin effects and control the sleep quality as well because the food timing is very compartmentalized Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently, um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old, has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child, and we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to a hundred times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? an air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So 
If you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. Thank you for clearing that up too and, and going back for a second. When I said that 15 sure. to 40%, that was not this study. That was the big picture of what a caloric restriction approach could look like mm. when compared to an alternate day or a modified alternate day fast. So I'm glad you cleared that up because in this study, it was indeed a 25% reduction. So instead yeah. of 2000 calories a day, let's say it would be 1500. Yep. Yep. Right. So I, I, thank you for clearing I did that, that up for years. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I, yeah. Cause I've been there too, but I definitely did not put that dividing line in there when I was laying out the different groups here. So I also like that the modified meal and we've done podcast episodes on this in the past of, of that timing component. I like mm -hmm. that small meal was earlier in the day, less insulin yeah. response earlier in the day. So you had just mentioned with calorie restriction, right? You minus the percentage. So in this case it was 25%, but then mm -hmm. you have the entire day to be snacking and grazing and sure. maybe stoking that metabolism. If you're bringing that old yeah. diet culture kind of metabolism stuff in from previous attempts yeah. at weight loss or balancing my blood sugar, right? Right. Like, right. Uh, like the ADA, the American diabetic association says, to do so often. Right. So if you eat a certain amount of carbohydrates and et cetera, proteins and fats each meal, then you would you would have a more stable line, especially if you're well, just in the case, if you were trying to manage that with medication, because you're trying to yeah. keep things between the field goal posts, so to speak. Right. When we're looking at the results here, they're pretty interesting. I want to make sure we go back to that point that I alluded to in the beginning when I said, you know, the statistical significance. Yeah. You just mentioned when we were talking about that, the calorie restriction, the, you know, kind of able to just kind of stimulate insulin all throughout the day. Mm -hmm. One of the main reasons why big picture here, this matters is because I like the fact that the study was looking at metabolic syndrome. Now, metabolic syndrome is when you have a clustering of at least three of the following five medical conditions. And this was me, this was you, mm -hmm. abdominal obesity. So that visceral sure. adiposity, right? Yep. High blood pressure, high blood sugar, high serum triglycerides, and low serum HDL. Yeah. The reason this matters is metabolic syndrome is associated with the risk of developing cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. So right now, cardiovascular disease, 695,000 people a year die from cardiovascular disease. Wow. That's one in every five deaths. That's about $240 billion a year is spent on a lifestyle preventable disease. Wow, it's a shame. Right? 805,000 people a year have a heart attack. 605,000 of those are, are first timers. And about one in five are silent, meaning the damage is done, but they're not aware of it. And it's yeah. the leading cause of death for most racial and ethnic groups in the US. Wow. Yeah, I mean, talk about a reason, you know, to, to be having this conversation, to absolutely like, glean some things that we can take some action on them and not fall into that, not become one of the next statistics. And these right. statistics are only getting worse year right. by year, not better yet. Yeah. We're spending more and doing more and more tests, et cetera. But yeah. the reality is it's up to us to make those changes. And that's what we love seeing and hearing from you guys as you start adopting the fasting lifestyle. Yeah. When we share the results here in a second, you get to see these changes too. So that's just the heart disease component, right? or the metabolic syndrome leading to the cardiovascular disease component, the diabetes component's even more scary because then you've got the comorbidities that overlap. And we're talking yeah. about decreased lifespan, quality of life later in life, money spent on healthcare. 
et cetera. So diabetes facts as of late is 37.3 million people or just over 11% of the US population is diagnosed or undiagnosed with diabetes. 29, just about 29 million are diagnosed and about 8 million or 23% of that group is not diagnosed. So they don't even realize they have it. The real wow. scariness comes when we look at the pre-diabetes numbers, and we know this is a progressive thing unless you can make the necessary lifestyle changes to reverse it, which this was me. I was one of these 96 million people, 96 million people over the age of 18 or older have pre-diabetes. That's 38% of the adult US population. And 48%, 26.4 million people, 48.8% or 49% of 65 years or older age group has prediabetes. We got to do something Yikes, different. right? Yeah. All right. So that's all the bad stuff. Here's all the good stuff, right? <laughs> Tommy, some of these statistics, some of these results from the study, the results demonstrated that in comparison to a calorie restriction diet, adherence to an ADF diet lifestyle, I don't like that word, has a more beneficial effect on reducing body weight and waist circumference. Nice. And improving in systolic blood pressure and fasting plasma glucose or fasting blood sugar. Now it did say, however, findings of the present study do not suggest any difference between the following on BMI, lipid profile, diastolic blood pressure, HOMA IR, and fasting insulin. So some of you are going, oh, wait a minute, slow down, say that again. So weight loss, minus four kilograms versus minus 1.7, so double. Double and, and a weeks. half. <laughs> Double and a half in eight weeks. Yeah. Waist circumference, minus four centimeters versus minus one. Nice. Systolic blood pressure, down 13 points versus one point. Wow. 13 points. Like, it's huge. That, that's all you might need. In you eight know, weeks, like, right? Yeah. A, a lot of times it's like, oh, man, it was, it was 125. It was, you know, 125 over 90. It was yep. 135. You know, like it, it's oftentimes yep. not this giant, you know, movement that, that you actually need, but starting to get in control of the insulin that helps the aldosterone, helps the kidneys, then leads to the blood pressure, right? With, oh, man, it's beautiful. Fasting blood sugar down five points versus zero in the calorie yeah. restriction group. Doesn't sound like a lot, but man, over time, Throughout the day, five points means yep. lower insulin because I'm, I'm not sensing as much blood sugar. Now, before I go into the ones that weren't statistically significant, but still incredibly significant due to the small <laughs> sample size and the small length of this trial, I want to mention the macro breakdown dun, dun, dun. for these groups. So calorie restriction group, 75% mm -hmm. of their energy needs, right? So a 25% reduction. All the groups were required to prepare meals at home. Control and intervention group subjects were informed to maintain their regular physical activity. Subjects were also instructed to prepare healthy food choices by selecting low-fat meat. This is where we're going to talk about some of the foods that we eat. Mm -hmm. And dairy options. And increasing fruit and vegetable intake. Okay. Here's the breakdown. Daily dietary carbohydrate, fat, and protein accounted for carb, fat, protein. Carb, fat, protein. Okay. We're talking about blood sugar metrics or insulin not statistically significant changes in fasting insulin or HOMA IR. Yeah. Carb, fat, and protein macro breakdown. 52% carbohydrate, 30% <laughs> fat, and only 18% protein. Mm. I'd like to switch those protein and carbs right there. Okay. 52. 
52 percent <laughs> carbohydrate but if it still saw a substantial weight loss still and right and blood pressure and yeah. blood pressure and waist and waist so, circumference yeah waist to height ratio and waist circumference is a direct indicator of insulin resistance so yeah this blood sugar change this small five point change which they did say was statistically significant in this trial hmm. with a 52 percent carbohydrate intake yeah now i'm not going to say don't ever eat a carb again they limited the refined process stuff right they said eat at yeah. home well does that mean yeah. you well, I mean, what are you buying to make it home? True. Are you True. heating up the Twinkies and putting some ice cream on it? Or like, what are we doing here, right? So I, I hope not. Right, not the best. But my point is just even if it was all unrefined, natural, like, right? Like it was like just balanced. Like, like, yeah, balanced whole like food balanced sources, plates, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with that macro breakdown, these results are incredible. But we're talking about fasting blood sugar. That is a downstream metric. Mm. Upstream is insulin. So yeah. the ones that still changed were BMI. So minus 1.6 versus minus 0.8. That's a good doubling there yeah. in terms of results. Triglycerides were down 52. Wow. And 40 in the calorie restriction. So both gold star. Heck yeah. Sure. Yeah. But not 30%, yeah. 30 better. Right. But not, not, yeah, not coming up yeah. as statistically significant. Total cholesterol down in both, minus 11 versus minus eight. LDL down only in the ADF group, the modified mm. ADF, minus five. LDL came down. And by the way, LDL is not a great indicator anymore for good, bad conversation of the risk yeah. of cholesterol. Too broad. Right. HDL minus one and stayed the same. So not really any change there. Long term, you will see HDL come up when you adopt a fasting lifestyle and get the weight off. Mm. Diastolic blood pressure dropped in both minus eight and minus five. And fasting insulin dropped minus 2.4 versus minus 1.5 in both the modified ADF versus the control group. HOMA IR dropped 0.7 versus 0.39. So almost wow. double. So, so everything was trending term. towards modified ADF though. Modified right. ADF being substantially Absolutely. better, even though only three of the categories came up because of the statistical power of the study. I mean, this is really important to note because you take those 70 participants across eight weeks and go maybe 700 or 7,000 participants over 12 weeks, 16 weeks. And then you start to get much, much bigger statistical power and then you start to be able to see even really small differences between these groups. But this is this is incredibly promising. And I would absolutely jump into this schedule based on those results, extrapolating that out. Because I mean, the promise there from, from this study, I, I love the way this study was designed, even though there weren't a ton of people doing this for a ton right. of time. Yeah. Right. I love the adherence great component, study. right? I love the adherence to the ADF my strategy has more beneficial effect on those metrics, but in all, it had more beneficial effect on all metrics. Yeah. Right. And those yeah, are without, the, without people complaining about it being hard to stick to. And things yeah, like that, right. Yeah. Right. Cause you're not just setting a timer for 72 hours and then falling off the wagon on the weekend and then Again. restarting your Monday with another 48 hour fast. Again, and then letting stress and life and all those things get in the way. Again, weekend warrior, okay. gratuitous grazer, fasting freelancer. Right. Yeah. So, this study suggests that ADF is more effective strategy in managing body weight and waist circumference and reveals superior improvements, systolic blood pressure, fasting, plasma glucose, 
it may be a more beneficial therapeutic option in our opinion is the option for managing metabolic syndrome, preventing yeah. prediabetes, diabetes, and all of the heart disease and cardiovascular risks that we just mentioned, which only leads to the remaining question from the shout out for that listener who was on episode 20. What do we eat, right? Mm. Well, yeah. briefly, we don't subscribe to one hard, fast set of rules when it comes to your long-term sustainability, when it comes to the foods you eat, when it comes to your lifestyle. There's pros and cons to everything. There's extremes to everything, right? I typically feel better. I feel better. My clothes fit better. My visceral fat is coming down more when I am sticking to more of a carnivore type diet. Mm. That's never to say that I don't eat some fruit, that I don't eat some dairy, raw dairy, that Mm. I never have a tortilla chip, right? But it is few (laughs) and far between because I'm at a point where I just feel better adopting more of a protein paste because we did an episode, I think it was episode 178 if I recall correctly. I think so. About prioritizing protein, Yeah. which is, if you just think about it, Tommy, you have a cool analogy versus just carb eating versus protein eating. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast recently, or it might have been a snippet from one, and I can't remember exactly where it was from, but they said, you want to reduce your cravings, eat more meat, Mm. fill yourself up on meat until you don't have the room for sure the the simple carbohydrate that you can always kind of take another bite of or another cookie or another salty snacky type indulgence that might be getting you off track. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, like when you talk about like a blood sugar roller coaster, it really can feel like a roller coaster when you're, you're taking in carbs, especially the more processed ones throughout the day. And it's like, you're feeling that roller coaster effect, you're feeling the ups and downs in your insulin and your blood sugar, and thus your cravings and your hunger as well. Whereas you're bringing in protein, I mean, it's literally like, you know, throwing in, you know, fuel on the fire and it doesn't have to be meat. Not everybody eats meat or or a lot of it. You know, that's a good point. That's where I was going with this. Like we don't subscribe to just, oh, you can be a vegan and fast. You can be a pescatarian and fast. You can be a carnivore and fast. You want to do keto? Great. We did an entire episode on using cyclic keto or carb Mm -hmm. cycling or the point is, it's whatever is sustainable for you where you feel good and you get results because then that keeps you going. Yeah, I, I would say over the years in my house, we've kind of developed kind of a, a mix and we're probably a third of the time eating either keto or carnivore, another third of the time more along like the like a whole 30. Um, yeah. And then another third of the time being more like paleo, you know, so somewhere somewhere in there with most meals cooked at home so we can control the ingredients and, and the quality and the and kind of the macro breakdown. And we, we're also able to make food swaps that way too, because I used to work in you know Italian restaurants and fettuccine Alfredo still has like, you know, this, this place in my memory, but I, Special I'm a place in your soul, <laughs> something like that. But, but I'm not going to go order it. But at the same time, if we make, you know, something that's like a pasta dish at home, we're going to do it with a bonza or yeah. a red lentil, something else that's going to be way lower on the glycemic index for that pasta. Like I want to be in control of those important food swaps. So I don't feel like, oh no, I can never even like sniff a piece of pasta again. But at the same time, I'm going to control it, you know, or, and pizza, like bringing pizza inside of our house and making that whatever way we want to do it to control it. It's a lot more work. It's going to be a little more expensive, 
but it's a heck of a lot less craveable and it doesn't have like, you know, a control, you know, over me and my, my thoughts, you know, for the next time that I'm, when am I going to have that pizza, you know? Right. It breaks that habit pattern of the convenience of just ordering, right? Cause we used to yes. do this on Friday night. My wife and I, before we had kids, we were just married, living in an 800 square foot apartment. Mm. You know, I look like a strong man in the off season. I could bench press a Buick, but I still yeah. had, you know, 20 pounds around my midsection and 15 of that was visceral fat. Yeah. Felt like crap doing macros. 225 carbs, 180 grams of protein, mm. you know, trying 80, to feel better, 80, right? Yeah, just trying to feel better working out, following the programs. Yep. You know, hired the nutritionist, did the six the 10k program here in Houston for 6 months, but it wasn't sustainable and the results mm. didn't continue because of my insulin resistance. My insulin number was in the low 20s. So when we're talking yeah. about this study making that change of a couple of points in insulin in your fasting insulin number, yeah. you know, once you get down into the from 20 to 18, just like going down in the BMI categories, right? We know that it's not the best measurement for health, but it's a way to compartmentalize correlations and different groups of folks in terms of overweight, obese, yeah. or, or, or morbidly obese and risk factors that go along yeah. with it. You know, getting that down to when I went from a 10 to a seven hmm. and then down to a, a to a five point whatever it was 5.7 or 5.8 was my last test yeah. that I'm now in the lowest version of the normal range. And that matters. Nice. So sustainability, if I would have given up on this fasting or this lifestyle adaptation years ago, I wouldn't be here, yeah. right? I'd still be operating in that old construct. So whatever for what it is that we eat, having that ability to control it and know that you're making the decision that's going to further your long-term sustainability or your long-term goal is a key piece. So when my dad comes down, you know, he's reversed his diabetes. He's off 15 medications. He's done the fasting protocols and has been in the coaching and has done all mm -hmm. the work and off 120 units insulin, off of multiple blood sugar medications, right? Yeah. Nice off work, of Fred. Multiple cholesterol, multiple blood pressure meds, like completely like transformed his life in his mid 70s as a full time retiree and grandpa now. Like he's literally come back to life. But when he comes here, so cool. We still do, we make turkey meatballs, they're paleo, they're incredible. Mm. Every time we have family come in town, they're like, make the meatballs. And it's literally <laughs> the simplest thing. We throw them in the air fryer, for God's sake. Yeah. And just, it's like, Those what? Those are awesome. Sorry, any Italians out there, don't scorn me, okay? And we have the system and we use bonza pasta, right? So, mm -hmm. but when my dad comes, I still know his appetite is big and I usually keep him pretty busy when he's down here. So we'll make a spaghetti squash and the bonza. Nice. So Spaghetti we do a split. So, good. so we do a split. So you get a little bit of the more volume of food to yeah. what he's accustomed to or his old habits push him towards. Yeah. And I'll sit down there with him. I'll have the spaghetti squash. I'll have the, you know, all the whole setup. And then I'll also be able to indulge in the stuff that actually fills that pasta like mm. desire. It's much yeah. less now based on the results of adopting the fasting lifestyle. I don't crave it as much anymore. Yeah. But when I do, it's really nice to know that you have something that's not going to completely derail you, throw you off yes. your diet and have to have you get stuck in that vicious cycle of start, restart, start, restart, mm. stop, start, restart, however you want to label it. So we do not subscribe to one. We will say if you want to, if you have blood sugar issues and you are trying to reverse metabolic disease or reverse diabetes, going low carb, using keto cycling for 90 days, trying carnivore is going to be hugely impactful in the results you get. But again, yeah. keeping in mind that it's not a long-term sustainability. Anything drastic like that tends not to be long-term. The beauty of fasting is you're focusing on that time component.
So you can vary your windows. You can open your windows as you get closer to maintenance and, and the mm -hmm. disease processes and the medications have fallen off. You have that control piece because you're compartmentalizing when you consume that food. So I love this study, modified alternate day fasting versus calorie restriction in the treatment of patients with metabolic syndrome, a randomized clinical trial. If you're saying, well, what do I do now? If you want to come join us in our Facebook community group, Tommy, they can click the link in the show notes. Yes. And you can also go grab the blueprint to fasting for fat loss, which is if you're looking for other schedules like ADF, we have a bunch of sample weeks in there on how to ramp up and kind of vary your windows. We also give you a little bit about the why behind it, different types of fasting, why insulin matters, not just calories and how to kind of download this or adapt this into your lifestyle. Yeah. And I, I'd say, you know, coming off of this conversation, like if you've tried modified ADF in the past, do it again with a little bit different perspective this yep. time, you know, knowing the things that we just talked about and, and see how you feel, see if it feels any different from the last time or how you can adapt it a little bit better. Think of yourself as a little bit better version of yourself than the last time you tried it. And if you've never tried it before, this is absolutely a great time to yep. do that. So, so grab that blueprint and then also start your timer for, for a modified ADF, like, you know, going into tomorrow because fairly simple, not a whole lot of moving parts, but yep. a whole lot of power. And that's what yep. we're looking for here. A little bit of planning goes a long way. So yes, good stuff. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Tommy, thanks for the conversation as always. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. See ya. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.